0: It would be uh, odd if I wouldn't talk about love today on a very special occasion, Mother's Day. I know it's just one of those holidays that Hallmark invented so they could sell more cards. <laughs> but it is a day to set aside to recognize our mothers and, and uh, show our appreciation. Our passage today, if you want to turn there, is going to be Romans 8, 38. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. Everybody say that. Nothing, Nothing can separate me, can separate me from, the from the love of God. Paul, you like to use the word, and that's the title of my message today, I am convinced. It's a really cool phrase. I am convinced. and you're convinced, that means you're 100% certain. You're not swayed. You're not a little bit. Unsure, you're not 98%. You are convinced. You are 100% sure. So Paul said, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Convinced here, the word... If you want to open it up just to some even more uh, understanding, it means to have confidence inwardly. I like how it said inwardly. So deep down in your soul, you have confidence to believe and to assent to authority or evidence. You have the evidence. So it's not so much just to believe. Pastor Nick tells it all the time. You can't just believe, even the demons believe. You need to know who Christ is. Miss Mother's Day. Many of us, not just today, but uh, because it is Mother's Day, many of us are convinced that our mothers love us, right? Oh, yeah. We are convinced that they love us. Everything we throw at them, every little thing we've done, somehow our mothers still love us. It's an incredible biological thing that a man can't fully understand. Um, we have a very important part in our child, children's lives, of course, but the mother carried the child and it's that connection deep inside of them that they were able to hold them for nine or 10 months and and then give birth to that baby, so go to the pain and, and, and the travail of having that child. And the guy just stands there and cheers around, you know, <laughs> doing the best we can. But that's, you know, a very special thing. It's a very unique thing that uh, God designed. I mean, we didn't just think that up by accident. Uh, it's a typography, it's a type of what God does with us when we are a new creation. You know, he, through the birth pangs, we go through that process of becoming new and becoming alive. We were once dead, and now we are alive. So the baby, the same way, is in an unoxygenated environment, totally dependent on the mother. It cannot feed itself, it cannot take care of itself. The mother takes care of it, and then when it goes through that process of being born, out it comes into an oxygenated environment, it, no more fluid in our system, and then they take that first breath. And it's another idea of us becoming saved, we take our first breath in the Lord, our first breath of life, and you just you instantly know it, you're convinced that you're changed, that you're different. So mothers, mothers are, are unique because they are able to not only give birth to a child, but because we are made in the image of God, the father and the mother, but the mother is having, is having a creation in the image of God. We love the phrase from Jeremiah, I knew you as you were formed in the womb. That image, the imago die, of God being in that child when they are born. That's why the whole fight against abortion is so real, because we think, Conception is where the, the very life begins because that's where the image of God is. There was nothing and then there was something. There was nothing and then there was something. Little lump thing there when you look under the magnification. It's, it's, insa- it's insane. It's amazing. So, this makes mothers uniquely special. But such love, here we go, but such love can be fickle, right? It can be circumstantial. There are moments when you don't really feel like being a mother. You know, there are some times where, I love the story of my mom, uh, my, her fourth, so she has four kids now, and he's crying and he won't go to sleep, or he wakes up in the middle of the night and he won't go to sleep, and at this point my mom's just like, you know, I've had enough, I'm working all day. She, at that time, was working as a nurse at night. So he's crying that she would just go to the fridge and put milk in the bottle, open the door, and just throw it in the crib and close the door. (laughs) It worked every time. And uh, it was uh, maybe not a motherly thing to do, but she just had to do it, you know, for her own sanity. So, you know, mothers are human. Mothers are uh, faulty, are not perfect. So their emotions can be depending on the day, depending on how they feel. So this love is limited as well. Some of, us, some of us right now, don't. our mothers are no longer alive. So we ache for them, we, you know, we think about them, we know that they existed and now they're no longer around. So they still love us in a way, you know what I mean? But they can't demonstrate that love toward us anymore. And then some of us, our mothers have gone early. Or some of us, unfortunately, some of them have their love grown cold. They just don't want to be with us. So there's a lot of different things that are are limited from a mother's love or a mother's perspective. But this passage, this passage of Romans 8.38 tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Does that take convincing? Does that take convincing? Do we need to be convinced that the love of God cannot be separated from us? I know for a fact that young kids will, and old, will test their mother. They'll push the buttons. They'll find some way to get to their uh, mother's final point when they had enough. Um, Want to see what their breaking point is. Do we also do that with our Lord? Do we do, do that with God? Do we press the buttons and see how far we can go before he uh, you know, had enough? Do we view God that way? Do we view God, in a human term, where it's like, he must be so mad at me today. He must just be like, I am just terrible. I just keep forgetting to pray and and read the Bible and uh, spend time with him, and I didn't get him a card. You know, there's all those things. God, does he sit there, and does he get disappointed? Does he have a breaking point? Does he have a point where, that's it, you know? In the Old Testament, he did, many times. But just when he gets to the point of slaughtering them all and saying, I've had enough, somebody comes in. Somebody comes as a redeemer, if you will, as an image of Christ and say, no, don't destroy them. Don't destroy your people. You know, everybody, Moses and Abraham and all the prophets and the judges, they were always as a mediator between God and man. Well, of course we do. Of course we uh, test God's love for us retest our love with relationship with people all the time do we say um, yeah do you say like you know I've been terrible this today or a couple of days but I'm, I know my spouse still loves me I know my child still loves me deep down they still love me you know we think we can just take advantage you know for a few days of not demonstrating real love toward our uh, significant other so or, or to our mothers or to our fathers but we we take for granted that they're always gonna love us. You know, we do that. We do that with God. How many relationships today are broken because of this? Because it goes too far. You know, it just takes it too far. It takes it, it goes too long before that love is demonstrated. But this attitude, this attitude, this word phrase of being convinced, being so sure of yourself, being so sure, how can you be so sure? How can you be so sure and convinced that God's love will never be separated from you? Well, we have stories. How about that? Stories of great faith in Hebrews. And Paul talks about all those great faithful men, Abraham, Moses, and all of them were, you know, faithful to God and and move even though they didn't have any evidence. They just move and trusted in the Lord. Or we have stories of Paul, Paul, his epistles, and Peter and John. Um, we have examples everywhere, and more uh, recent, you know, not just from the Bible, just people in life, people in general that were faithful and moved, did great things and awesome things in their lives in our history books. And there are people today doing great things. So we have examples. We have examples from other people. I um, want to picture this, though. Here's a way to be convinced. I will always be my mom's second oldest. I will always be her favorite too. I will always be her son, I will always be her son, and I will always be a part of her. Nothing can change that because right down to the core of who I am, I have that DNA. They can do a test, a paternity test, and find out that I am of of her, uniquely hers. They can't run that test and then run all the mothers in the world and think that that, I have another mother out there. It's impossible. It's just right down to my unique DNA trait. When you accepted Jesus into your life and made him Lord, you are then grafted in to his family, and you had a blood transfusion, and you are now a new creation. The very, very core of who you are, if they were run a paternity test, a spiritual paternity test, they would say, oh, you belong to Jesus. You are Jesus' child. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We see the family tree, and there you are. You're there in the family tree. So that's where you can get your confidence, right? This blood covenant was made on the very words of God himself. He could swear by no one greater. So this blood covenant is ironclad. When you accepted the Lord in your life, you are ironclad connected to Jesus. That love can never be separated. So now, I can walk and be completely convinced of God's love. I can stand before Goliath and know that I can slay him. I can walk through the desert and the wilderness and be completely convinced that I will not die. All my needs will be met. I can step out of the boat and be completely convinced that I can walk on the water. For I am convinced that nothing will separate me from the love of God. In the scripture it says neither death nor life. What is Paul talking about here? So like, you know, death cannot separate me from the love of God, we can understand, but what about life? You know, what about life in general? Well, Paul is just basically covering all his bases. He's just saying, look, either death, when you die, cannot separate from the love of God, and life now, when you're life, your life, human living life here on earth, cannot be separated from the love of God. Nor angels, principalities, or powers, nothing spiritual in the spiritual realm can do anything to stop you from having access to the the Lord. The love of God cannot be separated. Nor things present, nor things to come. So things that are happening now, tomorrow, or in the very future, cannot separate you from the love of God. Nor height, nor depth, uh, nothing that's in the higher realm and nothing in the lower realm can separate you from the love of God. Nor any other created thing, Nothing created, animal, beast, person, robots, nothing created can stop you from the love of, be separated for you from the love of God. There are some crowds who say that this passage is that once saved, always saved passage. So, you know, doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what you say, you cannot be separated from the love of God. Or some say this is just God's love toward all of us, mankind in general. Whether you love God or not, his love will always be toward you and, and uh, not limited. Well, that's true. But, as I said before, you can most certainly tick off your mother. You can get her mad and have her disown you even. You're it, that's it. Um, some mothers have to show that tough love. But, do you view God this way? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Consider that now you are a new creation. Consider that you've been given eternal life. Just think that the creator of the universe has come down as a man to give you the kings the keys to the kingdom. What I'm trying to say is the question, that question itself, once saved, always saved, or it's just God making sure that his love is demonstrated, is silly when you consider all the facts. When you see everything that has been done on your behalf, why would you ask that question? It does not need to be asked. Look at this love. it moves things this love conquers this love creates and this love changes you and it changed the world what love is this that Christ would die for me nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus in 1st John 5 it says whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves who is begotten of him by this we know that we love the children that we love the children of God whom we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for whatever is born of God overcomes the world yes. who is God God is love and we are born of God so what does that mean we can overcome this world yes. and that this is the victory that has I'm sorry, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This truth should motivate you like candy motivates kids. (laughs) It should motivate you like a paycheck. It should motivate you in the same way you set aside time for your favorite show. It should be like a cold glass of water on a hot, humid day. And it should be like Thanksgiving dinner without having to open the top button of your pants. <laughs> Think elastic. It should be your vision 24-7. It should be Fox News 24-7. It should be like your, your pursuit to have romance with your spouse. It should motivate you to move to a higher love. And it should captivate your entire thought process. You should be slaying giants with this love. And people should be getting saved. Instead of thinking, it's okay, Jesus will always love me. It's like saying, that kid has a face only a mother would love. (laughs) Instead of that, we should be saying, wow, what love is this? Who is this person who would die for me? I want to know more. I want to spend my days there. Read Psalms. uh, David is saying that all the time. I want to just spend my days there. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to play the music and just sit back and enjoy God's love. And what did David do? He became king. And then he went out and had this mighty army, and he did this amazing, awesome stuff. He went into the temple when he wasn't even a Levite and praised the Lord. He ran around and danced naked, and he was completely unashamed. That's a guy who's thought about the love of God 24-7. I remember pursuing my wife when we were uh, dating, and that was a lot of fun. Pursuing her and just pursuing her, it was a lot of fun. But it was nothing compared to what was getting married. That whole holding back and just making out but abstaining crap was not fun. (laughs) Getting married, getting married, now it's like unbelievably fun pursuing her. It's like, I think about it 24 seven. It drives her crazy. But deep down, I know she loves it. And I know deep, I know deep down, I know deep down, Jesus loves it too. He loves it, Jesus loves it. Are you convinced, are you absolutely certain that the love of Jesus and what he has for you? Are you convinced that nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're saying, I did once, but I'm not sure what happened. Perhaps, I'm not saying this is you know, what everybody has gone through, but perhaps it stopped became becoming your vision, and there it is, the problem. It stopped being your vision. Whatever is in front of you, and whatever it is that you want to pursue, education, job, a better relationship with people, whatever, that has now become your vision. You want to lose weight, you want to get better shape, you know, whatever. Their vision is now upon that. Your vision is looking toward that. But is it enough just to have the vision? It's very, very, uh, it's not powerful enough to have you do something about it. What it takes is digesting that vision and taking that vision and then saying to yourself, in one of my earlier messages, writing it down. you got to get it down. you got to get it in front of you every day to remind you. That's why God said to Habakkuk, very short book there in the Old Testament, but he told, Habakkuk is complaining and saying stuff to God, and then God said, write down this vision. I have a plan, I have a vision for this uh, situation and that period of time of Israel, but write it down on tablets so that all can see how my vision will come to pass in the future. See, Jesus, uh, we all carrying our Bibles, Jesus wrote down his vision. It's right there for us to read. You put it all down from paper for us. Now we can read it, and we can digest it, and eat it, and let that word become real in our own lives. You need to do the same, write down your vision. And it's not enough just to have it. You need to hold it, and you need to run with it. When you let that vision falter, it gets dusty. I was looking at uh, my wife and I, Friday night, had a little bit of uh, wine. Every Friday night, we have our little date night at home. Put the kids to bed, give them a little wine first, no. And uh, I was going through all the wine bottles, we just have like six of them right underneath our counter, and every single one I pulled out was like, oh my gosh, there's so much dust on these wine bottles. It, you know, we hadn't touched them in forever. But I thought about that when I was getting this message together. Is your vision just aging up there in the wine rack? Is it getting dusty? Is your vision left outside in the rain and the elements of the weather just getting rusty? Is your vision, uh, where you left your keys. Where are my keys? That's where your vision is? Is your vision where, uh, is your vision in the fridge expiring? <laughs> oh my gosh, January, whew. I, I made pancakes this morning, and I was checking the buttermilk, making sure it wasn't expired. We never touched that, but you know, it gets expired, it gets rusty, it gets dusty. It can get moldy like a loaf of bread. When that happens, When that happens, when you forget your vision and you leave it just sitting somewhere, these three things will come into your life. Every time, I know it because I lived it. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. It's one of those three, or worse, it's all three. When you lose that vision of what it is, if you stop loving, and if you stop receiving that love, those three things come into your life. You become hysterical, you become uh, unmotivated, you start Doubting things and, and having weird relationships with people. Those are just the worst things ever. The love of God is like a shield. The love of God is like a force field. It keeps those three demons, if you want to call them demons, doubt, uh, fear, and unbelief, from getting into your realm, from getting into your space. So let's look at John 4. No one has seen God, First John 4, No one has seen God at any time, If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. What's that passage? Perfect love casts out all fear. His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love, abides in God. I like how it says that. God is love, and he who abides in God. No, it says, God is love, and he who abides in love, abides in God, and God in him. Amen? Perfect love casts out all fear. Keep going, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Fear, doubt, unbelief. Torment, it causes torment, it torments your soul. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, but we love him because he first loved us. My exaltation, whatever you want to call it, benediction to you guys today is to keep the vision of God's love first and foremost in your life. What is that vision? Everybody say it. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Out of this vision, everything else flows. Out of that vision, everything else flows. So stay in his love. Now, nothing is impossible. So, incidentally, Paul mentioned just just before this passage in Romans 8.38. Romans 8.37, he says, Yet yeah, all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's one thing to say that. It's another thing to believe that. Do you guys believe you're a conqueror? Do you believe that you can conquer and slay giants? Slay Goliath? David, who slayed Goliath? was a man after God's own heart. What is God's heart? Isn't it just like an unbelievable uh, orb of light of love toward us? The triune God of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's just perfect. It's perfect. There's no animosity or strife among those. And that has been given to us, has been granted to us. Just like a mother's love, taking care of us and raising us and doing all those things that we need to grow and survive, how much greater is the love of God for us? Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Are you convinced? Are you convinced? Who needs convincing today? I do. See, that's the thing. We, should need, we need convincing every day. Don't run on your convincing that you had 20 years ago. Don't run on the convincing that you had 10 years ago. Right. And don't run on the convincing you had just yesterday. Be convinced daily that the love of God is there and ready and available for you. That you cannot be separated from that. And that kind of thinking and life, you know, God, I cannot be separated from you. I'm going to go out there and conquer this world. You know, you got to pump yourself up. you got to be ready to face it. you got to be ready to go out there. Don't be a reactionary. You know, just let the world come to you and you can react. Um, Teams that always play defense, you know, but never score on offense. Nobody likes those teams. Everybody wants the teams that score big points and and kills the other team with 40-point difference. 49-7, to yeah! That's what people want to see. They're not looking for always running around and being in defense. I'm always ready for what people need to ask me so I know what to say. Beat them to the punch. There's a movie called uh, Eight Mile with Eminem. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. But there was a really cool part at the end of the movie when they're doing back-and-forth rap, you know, I forget what it's called, but they're just doing this back-and-forth thing, of who's going to win, and Eminem shocked everybody because the, the purpose of the rap was to tear down the other guy. You know, whatever his history was and his past was, you were going to tear him down. Well, Eminem had to go first, So he tore himself down first before the other guy had a chance and just robbed all his ammo. You know, he just said, I'm from here and I'm from there and I'm terrible and and my mom was bad and I lived in a trail and all this stuff, and he just talked about it. And then the other guy's like, I don't know what to say anymore. (laughs) He just took away all his ammo. He couldn't tear him down. That's what we need to do, beat people to the punch. I know you don't believe me. I know you don't respect me, blah, 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 but here it is. Um. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to what you had to say. You know what I'm saying, does that make sense? The love of Christ allows us to do that. And if they say, you know, you're a bunch of baloney and I don't care what you have to say, I don't care. My five year old used to, she grew out of it, but I think it's because the way Aubrey and I raised her was if you ticked her off, she told you that you were the worst. And she said that she didn't love you anymore, and that um, you don't like me, and all those things. She was just so negative. It was so weird, so odd, because our first two never did that. But every time she did it, Aubrey and I would just tell her, that's fine. You can say that. I still love you. And we just say it all the time. She's so mad. And we just sorry it's all right, Melody. I still love you. And she would, she stopped. Wow, that didn't even work. It didn't even work. I hope she becomes the monster in Christ and can go out there and everybody just throws unjust love toward her. She can just respond, I still love you. Isn't that awesome? Yes. See, that's the picture of Christ. Christ walked on this earth and he was betrayed. He was left. All the people that were following him, who were going to follow him, betrayed him. I said, whoa, this is not the guy we wanted to follow. And then whenever he said something challenging, he would find out where their heart was and then they would leave. What? No way. No way not for me. See, what kind of sacrifice are we willing to make for that kind of love? You know, we sacrifice all the time. I've said to, you know, some of my best friends, I I have a better relationship sometimes I think with my wife than I do with God. Because I do so well there, but I don't sacrifice so much for God because I just, you know, it's just the orientation is a little wrong, you know. Not that you shouldn't do that for our spouses, but we could do the same for God, who first loved us while we were enemies. We were enemies, we were not in his fold, not even close, sinful beings. And he says, I'm gonna die on the cross for you anyways. When you're ready, come to me and I will give you rest. I will save you, I will wash you, clean you, and then make you a champion for me. That motivation will take away all the silly questions. Should I, should I not, you know, does he still love me? Of course he still loves me. I'll just, you know, take it easy today. You know, all that silly stuff, and just silly. Laziness. <laughs> so, are you convinced? Yep. Yep. All right, cool. About half of you are convinced. If you are convinced that nothing can separate you from the love of God, then take that convincing uh, conviction and go tell the world. Go tell everyone. Amen? Let's stand on our feet. I want to also close in prayer and lift up Britt Marie and Christor, who are heading back to Sweden. You guys wanna take me with you? You guys need help with your bags? I'll carry your bags for you. Um, Let's lift them up in prayer for safe travels, uh, going back to their own families and sons and daughters, it's awesome. And uh, pray for this week that we would be strengthened by God's love, Amen? Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time together, Lord, and for this day to celebrate our mothers, to remember what they have done for us, to treat them, take them out to eat, give them some flowers, Lord, just to show love, Lord, because they showed us love first. And Lord, that image, that picture is also true for you. Lord, you died for us and showed us love before we could contemplate what love was. Lord, we are so thankful for what you had done for us, Lord, so let that give us courage and give us boldness to be like David, to stand out there in the world, Lord, and be ready to confront whatever it is that's being thrown at us, Lord. Lord, immerse us in your love. Right now, Lord, this moment, let your Spirit immerse us in your love, Lord. Let us, each one of us have a touch that would convince us, that would show us for sure who you are, Lord. That we would be assured that the very blood in our bodies pumps with your blood. And the very words and thoughts in our mind, Lord, would be your words and your thoughts. Lord, let us have that mind of Christ to know that we are more than conquerors, Lord. Lord, I also lift up Bert and Marie and Christola, Lord, that they would have safe travels back to Sweden, Lord. Lord, we are so blessed to have them with us, to be here with us, Lord. They are a blessing. Lord, uh, bless them with your love, Lord, as they return and light up Sweden, Lord, and their area of influence, Lord, with the love of Christ inside of them. Lord, bless them and let them know that we love them, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Father. Praise you, Lord. We give you praise. Lord, we bow down and we cry holy, holy, holy as the Lamb of God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Father, Lord. There are some here, Lord, that need convincing of your love, Lord. Convince them. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Don't hold your hearts closed to the Lord. Let the love of God come into your hearts. Open up your mind and your hearts to the Lord. Be convinced. Don't leave today without being convinced of his love. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Praise you.